Welcome back, everybody, to the Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. Happy Sunday to everyone. I'm Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, and I am joined here with Phil Davidson from the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council. What's happening, Phil? Good morning. Happy Christmas Eve. Happy Christmas Eve to you, too. It doesn't uh, in any way feel like it, and that's based on all the uh, unchecked boxes on my shopping list, but... uh, I was going to say also the weather. How about it? Uh, I kind of miss a white Christmas. You know, I complain about snow as much as anybody, but uh, it doesn't necessarily feel super Christmassy without any snow. I mean, we had, what, one day or two days that had, like, a little bit of a dusting, but... Yeah, I got that two-stage Arians snow thrower just sitting in my garage waiting to be busted out, and I just say, wait your time, girl. When that thing, <laughs> when you get, like, a quarter of an inch, you're going to be ripping that out at six in the morning. It's the only thing I got. Like, the whole neighbor comes out, they high-five me, they're like, there he is. Look at me, everybody. <laughs> just blowing some snow. I know, I know. No and big I'm, deal. I just feel emasculated right now, because that's uh, it's become my identity. There is something about, you know, pushing around a giant snowblower that yeah. feels, it feels pretty good. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know what it is, but I, it's something biological that if the caveman had had snowblowers, he would have felt that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. I wonder what the caveman equivalent of uh, you know feeling that way about a snowblower would have been making a uh, door for the cave out of like leaves and branches. And, do they have plows? Th- makeshift plows? I don't know if they had plows. Yeah. I think plows were post cavemen. You're probably right about that. Yeah, uh, cavemen also probably didn't celebrate Christmas. Now that I think about it, <laughs> <laughs> we're blowing a lot of holes in our premise. I'm not premise sure. Here. My timeline is is really really uh, confused. Um, that is a good question, though. We'll, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll think about it and get back to you guys. Yeah, you know, we'll get back one. to you. Yeah. You know, next week on that one. Yeah. I think. Um, but what do you uh, what do you plans for Christmas? Are you doing anything? Do you have a uh, favorite Christmas movie? Something like um, that? Favorite watch? Christmas movie? What's uh, yeah? We do the standards. I mean, you could watch It's Wonderful Life pretty much twenty four seven on uh, Turner Classic Movies or any uh, any of the uh, channels on cable now. Um, I'm a big fan, and uh, it's cliche, but it 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 never gets old in my book. Is Elf. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's entered the, the canon of classic Christmas movies. Yeah, cause it, and it's weird because it still feels, at least to me, because I'm you know, of that age where it still feels like sort of a recent movie, but I don't know when it came out, but it's got to uh, be 20 years. Yeah, it, I think it's like 20 the years 20th almost to the year. day. I think it was 2003, and like it was just that role was just made for Will Ferrell. That was Will Ferrell at his peak. Yeah. He's so charming and hilarious and fish Sounds water. like you really have a thing going for Will Ferrell. I so. am a big fan of his. I don't uh, know why I cut you off. I should have just yeah. let you go with that. He's so handsome and he dreamy. Really is. But he was <laughs> Spandex. That was I mean, remember at a time he was the number one comedy star in America. Well, I think it all came from Elf. Like that was the movie that sort of you know, made everyone realize like this guy is marketable as a comedy leading man for sure. So, and that was his uh, his heyday right there. And yeah, it's just it, it, the nice thing about that movie is it's got something for everyone. Like kids love it, yeah. adults love it because it's so funny. Um, I love New York movies, especially during Christmas. Yeah, uh, you know, New York's a character in that movie as well, and it's good, good all around. Well, my tradition uh, this Christmas Eve, at least, it's going to be the ref. It is less of a family movie. More, there's a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of bad. Dennis words. Leary. Yeah, it's Dennis Leary. It's probably from like the mid '90s, but he's a burglar. He takes a family hostage on Christmas, and uh, it's got Kevin Spacey and you know a bunch of a bunch of stars. It's funny as can be. You're a big Kevin Spacey fan, right? Um, I mean, you know, 
He's done some good work in acting yeah. that I appreciate. A lot of controversy. Yeah, you separate for, the art th- from the artist. Thanks for asking the question, <laughs> Phil. I really appreciate that. You could have just dodged that, but no. Yeah, let's talk about Kevin Spacey. So Kevin yeah. Spacey stars in that movie, which okay. I like. Okay. The movie. Um, but uh, but that's it's it's a classic. I watched it with my family at far too young an age, which I think was one of the contributing factors of um, you know my current uh, problem with profanity, which you know is is considerable. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a different time back then. You know, when I was five years old, my dad was you know watching like Running Man and The Predator and all that stuff with me because I think back then you know classics. Like, yeah, you're with me, Ed and. This is what I want to watch, so we're just going to watch it together. Which is really the, yeah, it's not the world that uh, that I live in. No, with, but you, you turned know, out like okay. Look at you, more or less. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've it's got thriving. everybody fooled. Yeah, yeah. If you see me like weeping in my car later, just uh, assume you saw nothing at all. <laughs> okay, got it. So, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, I mean, Christmas movies are are certainly a uh, something I enjoy around the holidays. You're off for a couple days. Typically, it's cold and snowy, unlike yeah. now. But the ref, though, that's a that's a, that's a nice deep cut. Check it out. I think a lot of people I, don't assume that it's a Christmas movie. But, it's funny. There's yeah. a lot of it's it's dark. Don't have you know kids too young watching that, but it is funny. It's yeah. really funny. There's some uh, beating up Santa Claus, and I, I don't want to give any spoiler oh. alerts, but um, definitely a good one. So if you're looking Everyone's for something fantasy. to watch, the ref is uh, the ref's one of my personal favorites. That's Ed's Christmas pick of 2023. Pick to click. All right, got it. Yeah, um, but uh, we have a lot to talk about other than Christmas, Kevin Spacey, and Cavemen on the show today. Uh, we are going to be joined by Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial, uh, one of the sponsors of the show, a friend of the show, and uh, you know, all around just an outstanding business owner, and uh, they, they run a great business, and he's a great guy. He's a good egg, and he's very helpful to thousands of union members looking for help on how to figure out their next steps with their benefits, with their pensions, uh, with their health care plans. He's a guy to turn to. Yeah, he's he's got a couple of stories, I think, when he comes in today about um, not only how to make smart decisions with your money, but how to make smart decisions with your life as it pertains to money. Because, you know, sometimes we all make kind of, uh, we get some half-baked, harebrained ideas, and I think he's going to um, run through a couple I- examples where he you know, help somebody avert disaster yep. uh, by making a decision they, they shouldn't have made or weren't really thinking through all the way. So looking forward to having Ron on. Which is a problem you and I have never had. I make that, yeah. only good decisions. Only good ones. Yeah, only good ones. I can run through a list of great decisions that I've made. Um, <laughs> In the last but week. But I'm not going to because we haven't got time. The listeners, no, are, you know, they no. want they want uh, here all day. They want to talk about work. Yeah. They want to talk about worker stuff. They want to talk about union news. Uh, and luckily we have some. Uh, We have a lot like we do every week. But um, one of the things that I wanted to sort of lead off the show with is earlier this week, uh, Cornell University, Ivy League University from upstate New York, they have a um, like a labor tracking program inside their labor department. They have one of the biggest labor departments in the country uh, that tracks things like strikes and contracts and things like that. Yep. So basically what they came out with was that 2023 was the year of the worker. Now, I would say that... Uh, I thought we coined that. Well, we here at the Workers' Mike have been calling 2023 the year of the worker since a year ago when we were leading into 23, because, you know, I think we could read the tea leaves yes. and see that there was uh, a lot going on in 22 and that it was likely to continue, but... Finger on the pulse. For sure. Always. Always. But um, what Cornell found was that through the first 11 months of 2023, more than a half of a million workers were on strike, went on strike, went on strike across the country. Now... 
if that doesn't sound like good news, like then listen to this. People got more wages, higher wage increases than they've gotten in more than 15 years. Um, the people, union workers saw an average of 7% wage increases throughout the first half of this year in the first year of their contract. So we were all looking at inflation that seemed super high. People didn't know what to do. And union workers were able to hit the streets, work through their unions and negotiate wage increases to kind of cover this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, a problem. battle inflation, yeah. That's that's for sure. I mean, there's nobody out there who hasn't had a, a, a like a real true problem, whether it's the cost of groceries, um, you know, trying to buy a home, trying to refinance a home, something like that. Inflation has caused issues in absolutely everybody's life this year. Um, but those who have the representation of a union have had a little bit of something to to help them battle that through collective bargaining, through leverage to get higher wages. Um, and with that comes more workers who didn't have that power going out and organizing, um, you know, from Starbucks to Columbia College uh, professors that we'll talk about later to Portillo's workers that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, in the show. I heard about that. Yes. Yeah, it's a cool, a cool local story. Um, this was a year where we saw twice as many um, strikes and people out on strike as we did the year before, which was twice as many as the year before that. So things are working and workers are seeing that this is successful. So they're moving forward with this as well. Nothing, you know, breeds success like success and workers are having success with all of this. So yeah, this is, this is the year of we're not going to take it. Exactly. Like like that should be playing in the background right now of people are like, look, I'm fed up, man. I wish wish Ken was here because he, I think he knows all the words to that song and he could probably sing it because he was, you know, as some of you may know, a uh, a famous metal uh, guitarist back yes. in his earlier career. Yes, and a and a well known Twisted Sister groupie. Absolutely, and I mean now he mostly because they're a New York band, of course, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean he got his first electric guitar from uh, one of the Ramones. Uh, I mean he's he's got a pretty storied history of the people that he's played music with. Yes. And you'd never guess it, but because now he's you know typically sitting on the sidewalk playing John Denver tunes on a <laughs> an acoustic guitar. But you know we don't hold that against him because we no. know many many years ago he was a you know he was a pretty cool. No, guy. he's got his rock and roll bona fides for sure. Um, but yeah, so. Cornell University came out with this, all these stats that that really summarize what we've been talking about all throughout the year. And more sort of exciting and where this takes me is if 2022 was a big year for workers, and especially in Illinois with the Workers' Rights Amendment, things like that, 23 doubled that. Bigger. There's no reason, there's absolutely no reason to, to, to show that we can't do this more in 2024. Momentum is on our side. And what's public approval rating is still hovering around 67, 70% yeah, I think for it's unions? About, yeah, like mid-60s. So yeah. it's at a historically high level. And if you're listening and you're in a union, you've probably seen some of this success this year. Um, if you're listening and you're not in a union, maybe it's time to think about it. Because Let's go, baby. Yeah, the folks who are who are getting these gains are in unions. And there, there's room for you there as well. I mean... In uh, even in industries that have t- typically been non-union, like let's talk pharmacists. about and we've we had pharmacists on the show a couple of weeks ago. Just this week, um, Wells Fargo. There was a vote. It's uh, the first big American bank to ever have um, a unionized group, and this is a group of retail bankers in North or in uh, New Mexico. But it's eight bankers. 
There are eight of them. It's a small group, but they're retail bankers, like branch bankers at a Wells Fargo. The first bank? Yeah, it's the first American bank to have a union. Banks have been immune to this. If you asked me two or three years ago about a union uh, or a group of union bankers, I just would have said, I don't see, I just don't see it happening. I don't see a bank letting that happen. Um, But it happened. It just happened this week. Um, And, you know, what they were, what they were fighting for was um, raising the, the sort of entry salary for entry level workers. And that's, you know that's a reasonable that's a reasonable thing for every you know for every industry, um, but there there was a Senate hearing. You know this organizing thing has been going on for a couple months, and there was a Senate hearing earlier this year where the CEO of Wells Fargo, whose name is Charlie Scharf, he um, he was asked if he would remain neutral in this union drive, and he said, "We will exercise the right to speak with our employees to help them make an informed decision." So. Here you have Wells Fargo, which, to the best of my recollection, didn't they get slapped for like opening fake bank accounts in their in their clients' names and like never notifying? Yeah, them for and, little old ladies, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Wells Fargo is not alone in this, of course, but um, they've they they live in a world they had to where pay like they, a billion dollar fine for that. I'm pretty sure yeah. something like that. Yeah, they make decisions to bring in outrageous amounts of money for whatever creative little gimmick, <laughs> right. uh, an imaginary product or service that they can come up with. And they have some retail bankers that are probably making, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year at starting best. Salaries. And they want to try to raise starting salaries. And the yeah. CEO's like, "Well, we're gonna, we're going to have something to say about that." Yeah. Um, so all over the country, That's a lot and, more Olays are going to have to scam to cover that. You know, and don't think they're not figuring <laughs> no. out ways right now. No. Um, but uh, but so there's this is going on all over the country in every industry. Uh, and we have a few other examples of this that we're going to talk about on the show. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with, um, you know, a few other highlights from the last couple of weeks. And then we'll get in uh, with Ron Whittingham from Megan. So stay with us. We will be right back with you on the Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to the Workers' Mic here on 720 WGN on this uh, unseasonably mild Christmas Eve. Uh, we know you have lots of radio choices, so thank you for sharing your Christmas Eve with us. Absolutely, and we love Ed, our fans. That's right. Ed Maher uh, with Phil Davidson. So earlier, the last uh, part of the show before the break, we were talking about uh, unionization and the boom that we saw in 2023 and how it didn't really just impact the the typical places in construction, uh, you know, expansion of higher education, things like that. The places where you expect to see folks unionizing, they certainly did. Um, auto workers, uh, screen actors, things like that. But in other We're industries out. as well. That's for sure. So one of the places that's, that's local that I think it's a name that everybody in Chicago is familiar with is Portillo's. Um, so Portillo's, you know, it started off out in Villa Park with uh, one guy in a hot dog cart, and here it's blown up to be, uh, you know, a publicly traded company that has, I think, 70 stores across sold the country. sold for a billion dollars? Yeah, sold to, I want to say, and I may have some of this stuff a little fuzzy, but I believe Dick Portillo, the man, the myth, the legend, sold it to like a private equity or venture yeah. capital for like a billion dollars, and then they took it public, Yes, um, which is where it is today. Um, but they had a an organizing drive earlier this year 
Um, the Iron Workers, I think, um, oversaw this along with a faith-based group called Arise Chicago. Uh, and it was at, they have a facility where folks across the country who lived in Chicago and moved somewhere else but really want their Portillo's, they can do mail orders. Their stuff. shipping center, yeah. Right. So the shipping center is in Addison. And um, the folks who work there voted in April by a margin of 28 to 20 to become union. And um, these are food prep workers and packers and stuff like that. So they won this election, and the company Portillo's appealed at that time, saying this was, this was their problem with it. Um, the union promised these people that they would help them get green cards or help them become citizens if they voted yes. So they were promised something. This is not a legitimate election. So the NLRB investigated this and uh, just recently came out and said that did not happen. There's absolutely no evidence from talking to any of these workers that that happened. So we are certifying the results. That just happened a couple days ago this week. Um, and Portillo's has vowed to appeal this decision because they sure don't want a union. But I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, you're the company that employs these people and you're accusing the union of trying to give people green cards. <laughs> What kind of uh, – what, tell me, like, where are you finding these staffers? Yeah, what's and, like, your hiring process here? Right. Portillo's is a publicly traded company. I've never ordered, um, you know, the Portillo's shipping, but I'm sure it's not cheap. No. And and they're, they're hiring folks who don't have green cards or who would join a union just for help getting a green card. I think Portillo's has uh, said a little too much about their workforce here. Yeah. I'll say this. Portillo's started off as a guy with a hot dog cart. Yeah. And, I mean – I'm, I've eaten there for my whole life, and uh, you know there are many who say that it was the quality, the consistency, all that stuff at Portillo's was better before it was sold off to you know a, a, a large firm. Yeah, that happens when a, you franchise like that. Yeah, well, right. And when you become a, a publicly traded company, the um, executives have a fiduciary role where they have to expand profit, and make yeah, as much money as it. possible. So started off with a guy in a hot dog cart. It currently has seventy restaurants. Uh, in, I want to say, like six or seven states. Their goal in the next 20 years is to have more than 900 Portillo's. World domination. Yeah, they're trying to expand this all over the country and make yeah. it sort of a, you know, a nationwide chain. Um, but they are fighting and appealing and appealing again. Yeah. Um, you know, this group of, of low-wage workers in a, in a warehouse. So, um, yeah, they're trying to nip that in the bud because they don't want all their restaurant employees. Well, the money has to go yeah. to them. Yeah, <laughs> it right. can't go to the workers. Yeah, um, do better, Portillos. Yeah, so I will. That's a, that's well said. I would say do better, Portillos, because I swear to God, if I have to boycott Portillos, I'm going to be pretty bummed out about it. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I'll happily do it. Yeah, and you're, it's not too hard to find Italian beef at any corner in the city of Chicago. Unfortunately, I've already boycotted <laughs> Bona. So, oh, you're um, already down there. Yeah, so I'm going to have to start making my own or. <laughs> buy a cow. I don't know what I'm going to yeah, do. Just right. go. So, you know, do better, Portillo's. Now, we've got to take a break, and we're going to be back with Ron Whittingham from Megant. And uh, so stick with us here on The Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megant Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mic here on 720 WGN. I'm Ed Maher here with Phil Davidson, and we have our guest. That's Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial. Welcome to the studio, Ron. Thanks for having me, Ed. Phil, appreciate it. Nice to see you again, bud. Absolutely. Yep. Always always a pleasure to have you come in. Um, and for those of you listeners who may not have heard Ron on the show before, Ron's firm, Megan Financial, uh, specializes in financial advice. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. I might oversimplify, but specializes in 
financial advice that's kind of specific to union members and their let's say unique benefits the the different benefit offerings that are um that are given to to union members but um you know not only financial advice there are a lot of things that play into financial advice like life circumstances and uh and you help members with that as well yep yep um all day every day yeah i mean let's let's talk a little bit about that because when people are looking at their savings and you know trying to figure out what to do with it or when life dictates that they need a little extra cash they they often come to you with questions or ideas on you know getting themselves out of holes and whatnot yeah i mean i actually have a great example for that um just this week in fact uh we had a member call into the mcl Mm -hmm. to get a divorce and i'm like well why are you getting divorced he's like well i got thirty thousand dollars in debt and if i get divorced i can pull some of that 401k annuity money out because with the the plan in the specific union, the only way if you're active to get money out is if you retire, if you die, somebody gets it, right? Or if you get divorced via quadro, you can send some money to your ex. Uh-huh. And this gentleman is, is that plan specific, or is that statute uh, around plans across the country? No, that I mean I can tell you here uh, for the unions I deal with, that's typically the case. Okay, mm-hmm. there there are some um, other unions that that allow distributions after fifty nine and a half, or you know if you've been out for a certain amount of time, you can take some money out. But you have to understand, obviously, the taxes and all the other. Um, intricacies that that go along with those decisions, but okay. like this gentleman, I mean, he was all set to get divorced, take his thirty grand out, and 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 he was off, you know, debt free all of a sudden and feeling good about life. Uh, but then, but Nick's like, hey man, you should really talk to Ron because he understands these benefits and yeah. you know the impact of your decision, or you know maybe there's another way to to accomplish what you're trying to do. Um, so he called me and and I'm like, all right, I mean, first of all, you're telling me that you're going to get divorced. In name only, yeah. I'm like that's that's a that's fraud. Yeah. Not <laughs> so, something I can really advise you to do. Best to be avoided. <laughs> yes. Not that's a, that's an F word that you don't want to deal with, and I'm not going to tell you to do it. Right. But if you did it, I suppose you can get your thirty thousand dollars. I said, but you know what about what's your wife? You're 59 years old. You're going to be retiring in three years. You know what's your wife going to do for health insurance? And he's like, oh, you know, I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Can't we put that in our divorce decree that I have to give her my insurance? And I'm like, no. No. Well, right, because you know, a benefit fund would only provide insurance to a qualified dependent, and an ex-wife is not one of those categories. No. It's spouse, children, adopted kids, whatever. Exactly. So they're like, oh, you know, I never really thought of that. Uh, and I'm like, well, you're going to retire in a couple of years. What are you going to do about a spousal benefit? If you're not married, you don't have a spouse, you, don't, you can't give your wife any survivor benefit if you were to pass away oh man i really thought about that right so you know the long and short of it is i mean he's he's not getting divorced you That's know good. we're figuring out a different a different way for him you to kept a marriage together yeah, right? yeah. i'm glad it worked out for them <laughs> you did a little good in the world you know holiday season i yeah. just spread the cheer give you know? a little back so um yeah so this this gentleman is going to figure it out mm-hmm. but the thing of it is and and you know i was telling uh nick this i'm like you know, obviously, we know a lot about a little. We know these union benefits inside and out. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he called the union MCL attorney and said, hey, you know what? Just pump the brakes a minute. See, you know, what the impact would be. And then this guy would have been screwed. Yeah. I mean, his wife yeah. would have been without insurance. He's done something illegal. So he can't say, well, I'm, I just did it for this reason. Yeah. And in retirement, his spouse, if something were to happen to him, would be in a really bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did you save him legal 
turmoil, you saved him a lot of money in the long run because his wife's health insurance costs are going to be a lot more than $30,000 in debt in the long run, assuming actuarially she lives a full life. Um, So yeah, that's that's, that's why you're around, and that's a great story to share about these benefits that are provided to members. And uh, yeah, I'm sure that guy's thinking his lucky stars that he had that conversation well, with you if he, if he would have gone to an attorney who didn't special specialize or work with the unions he'd no. I can get you divorced yeah no problem yeah. So, so you know met with another financial advisor the, his balance was 800 grand oh yeah i can i can take care of that mm-hmm. yeah but then that would have happened and he would have been in a really bad spot so it's just i mean it's a it's a benefit for the members that you know there's people out there with the mcl mm-hmm. the the quadre of benefits that that's created for these participants because we're all working for them. Right. And it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, he thank God that he that he sort of shared this half-baked idea. Because I have half-baked ideas every now and then. And sometimes I don't even want to share them with anybody because they might be more like quarter-baked ideas. But he said something, and uh, it was to Nick Cortese, the head of Union Legal Services through MCL. And he, you know, he had the, the good sense to say, you're making a bad decision. Like, I'm just, as a, as a friend, like, what you're doing is not only potentially illegal but it's just a bad move it's not going to work out the way that you think yeah bringing you in and uh you know protecting this guy from making a a really short-sighted you know not thought out decisions yeah it sounded like a plot thread from a breaking bad episode or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it just i mean it goes to show you that we're not there for the transaction nick isn't there to to to, you know make money and go through a divorce no i'm not there to to make money invest people's money we just want to do the right thing yeah because it's a long game man. you do it that way and and good things will happen yeah for sure i mean you know, first off, the idea of uh, getting out of debt by getting divorced, I've never, you know, I think it's usually the opposite uh, <laughs> that, that works that way. But, um, you know, with, with lawyers in general, in my experience with lawyers, which I would say is not uh, not a lot, but too much for my liking, um, that is, you know, if you squeeze the golden goose really hard, you can get, you know, pigs get fed and hogs get slaughtered. Yeah. Um, somebody, you can you can make a few bucks. But giving good advice is the long-term approach where the people that you work with see that, they appreciate it, they stay in business, and they know that you're actually looking out for them. Cause, yeah. I mean, and, it's, 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 and it's probably good reason that those uh, restrictions are in place for um, cashing out your annuity, your retirement savings early, yeah. as we talked about. Um, sometimes members of the building trades, especially can be impulsive with their purchases. I think it goes for everybody. (laughs) It does go for everyone. I think ours might be uh, a tip the scale a little bit further. Um, So, yeah, you you wind up saving them because I think a lot of people probably feel that same way. They get in a little debt. Oh, I got this nice annuity with... several hundred thousand dollars sitting in, I can pay it off that way. But it's like, no, this is for your your own personal benefit and your long-term financial health. But that's it. We can come up with a debt consolidation plan. We'll take care of it, you know? Yeah, eat at Gibson's like uh, once a month instead of twice a week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, just be a little bit smarter with money but uh, yes having um you know having good counsel like that is uh is is invaluable to people yep. um so i mean what other kind of what other kind of things have you run across you had a, you had a couple examples of of you know sort of um talking smart to people who needed it yeah you know I mean, we do this uh, it, my memory isn't that great so i mm-hmm. have to think about what happened this week yeah uh, and i do actually have another example um and it just goes to show you the the point here is is people just don't understand the union benefit world, right? Right. So in this instance, um, this uh, spouse of a retired um, tradesperson 
uh, she's 66. Typically, when you go, when you you have to sign up for Medicare at 65, otherwise there's penalties and right. waiting periods and all this terrible stuff. And in the trades, a lot of the time you can retire, and then your working insurance, you kind of have built up credit, so mm-hmm. it kind of runs out um, over time. And this gentleman had worked a lot of hours, so he retired December of 22. His insurance, his active working insurance, is running out this December 31st. So the spouse is over 65. He's going to go over to retirement uh, health insurance, so she needs to be on Medicare as of Jan 1. So now, granted, you should probably do this at, you know maybe three months in advance of when this happens, yeah. and we're doing this two weeks in advance of this happening as the Getting holidays. A close, and yeah. Life's, you know, life's crazy. But, you know, she goes to, I tell her this whole deal. She goes, I tell, him, tell her what to tell Medicare. Uh, and she goes to Social Security office, talks to this person, and she's like, oh, no. You reti- your husband retired last year. You're not going to get Medicare when you need it. You're gonna, there's going to be a waiting period, so you're not going to have insurance. And when you do get it, you're going to pay a penalty. So she calls me up, like, frantic. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm like, listen, she doesn't understand. So we called the union together, got a form. She took the form of Social Security. They understood it, and everything is fine. She'll be on Medicare Gen 1, have insurance, no penalties. But if she didn't have you know, organizations like, you know, like us in this case, but people working for people that understand the nuances of tradespeople, pensions, health ben- benefits, only 4% of Americans have these things. Right. So, I mean, nothing against the lady at Medicare, but she just didn't understand. No. It's not what she deals with. So she freaked my client out. Everything is fine. But if she didn't have, you know, us as a resource there, she would have been without insurance. Yes. Because she's listening to the people at Medicare who probably, they, they know everything, right? I mean, you would think mm-hmm. that. I would think that. You know, I'm, I'm going to go to Medicare if I have a question about Medicare. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, she was wrong. So she would have been out of insurance, and God knows what can happen with that. Right. And then when she got her insurance back, she was going to pay some sort of penalty. So it worked out. Well, it sounds to me like just in recent, uh, the, you know, the recent days, you've not only kept a marriage together, but kept a uh, an older woman covered by insurance. And I'm guessing out of these two examples, that probably didn't bring dollar one into into Megan. You know, this is just serving, you know, serving people and giving people good advice. Yeah. And, and again, I, you know, I think, you know, we've been doing this for a while and you know, we're very fortunate and, you know, I love helping our clients, man. They right. say, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously we're doing fine, you know, company wise. So we're, we're good, but that's the way we've always done things. You do it right. Good things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And on our end, it keeps growing, which is a, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, for, for listeners out there who are in a union, that's a member of the Midwest coalition of labor. This is a service that's available to you for free as a dues-paying member of your union. So, you know, reach out to Megan Financial because this is this is great advice. These folks know a lot more about this stuff than you do. So it'll help you plan for your retirement. It'll help you take smart care of your money. Um, so don't hesitate. Yeah, whatever what's the, age the best way to, to reach out? Go yeah. to the website? Uh, the website, yeah, M-E-G-E-N-T dot com or uh, call us at 708-444-10. Nine zero. Absolutely. Yeah, so I know the carpenters love it. 
Yeah, every, everybody that I've talked to absolutely loves it. And I know a lot of people uh, who've had great experiences with it. So, um, you know, there's there's no reason not to call and just do it soon, no matter yeah, what you have, you are. you have a guide for what can be very confusing, uh, especially at the end of your career, circumstances, and how to figure out what your benefits are. And to have Ron and his team be your, your Sherpa through uh, navigating all that is... Sherpa. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, they're, they're Sherpas. Their benefits yeah. us. And, I mean, what building trades person or what person in general doesn't like to have a guy? I got a guy for that. I got, I got, a, guy. got a guy for this. Exactly. If you're a union member with any of these unions, you got a guy for retirement. Yeah. You got a guy for legal. You got a guy for all sorts of things. But here's the guy for retirement. Um, you guys are essentially experts at reading the fine print of yeah. all these plans, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> which no one really wants to take the time to do anymore. Right. Yeah, we read Speaking it once, for myself. but we, we deal with it every day. You do right? it every and that's, day. And that's why we, we understand it as, as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, one thing that we uh, we kind of wanted to talk to you about the it's the end of the year, and um, you know, for folks who are trying to make decisions about their money for their own you know individual retirement accounts, stuff like that. What's the what's like the financial outlook looking like for two thousand twenty four? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I'm getting a lot of that right I can now. Imagine, and you know, so typically in election year, markets are are, are positive. None of the politicians want to piss anybody off, mm-hmm. so they 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 make things accommodative. So typically markets in election years are good. Uh, interest rates are going to be lower. You know, right now cor- corporations are making money and, and the environment for them is going to be better because rates will be lower. So you think about that, I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic, but I am, I'm a little concerned because the market today, where we're at right now is up so much right. more. It's up 12, 14% from October 27th. I mean, in two months time, you know, that's a lot of return. You know, people are happy with their CDs again, 5%. I'm like, well, right. you just made 12% in two months. Yeah. So I think we pulled a lot of the gains forward and we've priced in perfection, really. Mm-hmm. So if we do go into that recession, that could be an issue, mm-hmm. right? Um, if, you know, inflation is proves to be more sticky than the Fed thinks and they keep rates lower for longer. And that's the other thing. I mean, up until the last Fed meeting, which is a week and change ago, you know, Powell was like, oh, we got to keep rates high, you know, higher for longer. Inflation, we got to squash this. Then all of a sudden, on that Thursday. 180, right? Like, a, he just slammed on the brakes <laughs> and flipped a Yui. Yeah. Uh, and now he's like, uh, we're, we're going to cut him at least three times next year. Yeah. So my thing is, is you know, what changed? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do they see that, that all of a sudden, instead of, I mean, they raised rates as fast as they did. Yeah. They're kind of behind the eight ball. Well, maybe they went a little bit too far. I mean, that's scary a little bit. So I think cautiously optimistic. I think uh, the first few months might be rough just because we pulled a lot of the gains forward into 2023. Right. But again, cautiously optimistic, guys. Yeah. I mean, I'd say like as somebody who watches this stuff but isn't a professional – a year and a half ago, everybody was calling for a hard landing when it came to inflation. And there was going to, you know, they were calling for like a, the majority of um, economists were saying that there'd be, uh, you know, a big recession in 2023. And it, it didn't happen, but that doesn't mean that the, the risk is gone, um, you know, moving forward. So Yeah, it's lingering. I know, I know the Fed's news was great news for all the realtors out there because it sounds like they're optimistic that rates will finally come down on mortgages from which are well, at worst, what, what at eight percent this year, and it wouldn't be a horrible thing to see the housing market loosen up a little bit, have more affordable homes for people like the members we represent right. to get into the housing market, and um, so we'll see if that happens or not. But well, like one of the unintended consequences of that are well, now if I'm a home buyer. 
I'm going to wait until the Fed cuts rates. Right. So, which is not now, mm-hmm. yeah. sometime next year. Mm-hmm. So, Everybody what's going to happen in the housing market between now and then? Well, I mean, it's pretty much been stagnant for the last year anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And when rates go down, prices will go up. So yeah. prices for homes are just... I know. Everything is tough to It's insane. The, the yeah. housing market, I mean, I'm, I never claimed to be a very smart person, but it makes no sense to me. No. So... You can't win either way. Right. When well, rates are high, home prices are still escalating even when rates are high. So, yeah. yeah. But they're going to go go up even higher when rates drop lower? I don't understand it either. But rates have been... I mean, I mean, we're never going to... I mean, in my opinion, we're never going to see a 2 or 3% mortgage again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the our, you know, the world went on when mortgages were in the 6 7 8%. Right. I mean, that's the, true. the average, so yeah, we'll be all right. All right, well, um, thanks again for that, that outlook for 2024, and what is your phone number one more time if somebody wants to reach out to you? 708-444-1090. All right, well, Ron Whittingham from Megan Financial, thank you once again uh, for coming in and uh, for being you know a, such a, a good guest throughout the year and being so informative to our listeners and our union's members. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, happy holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you your family. Well. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back after this uh, with more Workers Mike on 720 WGN. Ron Whittingham, Investment Executive, 15321 South 94th Avenue, Suite 100, Orland Park, Illinois, 60462, 708-444-1090. Securities and advisory services offered through Cetera Advisors, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a broker-dealer and a registered investment advisor. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. The views depicted on this broadcast are general in nature and are provided for informational use only. The views are not necessarily those of Satera Advisors, LLC. They should not be considered as specific investment or tax advice. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Keep in mind that investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Investment decisions should be based on individuals' own goals, time horizon, and tolerance for risk. Consult your investment and or tax professional regarding your unique situation. You're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back to The Worker's Mic on 720 WGN. I'm Phil Davidson here with Ed Maher. Uh, we got a little time left in the show, and uh, we're kind of talking about our theme that's been running throughout the show about unions and organizing industries that typically haven't been uh, involved in labor movements and uh, one area that seems to be impending for uh, union organization is student athletes yeah i think it was last week the ncaa president opened up uh, the idea of having universities directly pay their student athletes which we know has become a huge issue now with nil and uh, athletes making, in some cases, millions of dollars uh, that are currently getting paid by these collectives that are organized by boosters and businesses. And it's really upending everything we know Mm -hmm. about sports. I I saw something (laughs) recently that the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy, who's a front-running MVP candidate, Mm -hmm. um, I think makes $890,000. Arch Manning who is the third-string quarterback for the Texas Longhorns, uh, made $3 million this year in NIL money. So it's like, what has happened yeah. to yeah. the uh, the economy <laughs> of, of sports and, and athletics and professionals and college? I don't know. It's Everything is, has been upended. But, um, you know, the way it's set up currently is the members are paid through, the, or excuse me, athletes are paid through these collectives that are funded by 
boosters and businesses. And now the NCAA is like, well, maybe we just create a subdivision where we would allow payments to go directly from universities to their athletes. Right. Um, now, if that happens, I think it would be inevitable, uh, and this is what a lot of people who are following this much more closely than I am are saying, where there would be uh, basically a union for student-athletes, like mm-hmm. we see with MLB, like we see with NFL, like we see with all professional uh, athletic associations, which... Um, I think would be a good thing because, you know, right now you have the people, like I mentioned before, like the Arch Mannings of the world making $3 million, and then you've got the lineman protecting his hiney right. <laughs> making no money. Right. So now they're, you know, like like with any union, there could be a base salary for these student-athletes because if you're going to allow them to get paid, and again, there's disagreement and philo- philosophical differences about what's the best way to approach that, but if it's going to be happening, it's inevitable, and the Supreme Court has already ruled on it, like let's that's, that's make a system where it's fair, where if you are an athlete and your likeness is being mm-hmm. capitalized upon by universities, whatever, yeah. um, by the NCAA, by different organizations that they should get paid. So, uh, yeah, we might have a whole bunch of student athletes join the labor movement soon as well. The Dartmouth men's basketball team has already petitioned to organize. In, uh, so, yeah, bring them yeah. on. We'll take them. Right on. More people join the movement. We love it. Well, this show has flown by, uh, and it's time for us to say so long for the day. But uh, we want to wish you a, uh, a Merry Christmas and uh, you know, hope you're enjoying the holiday season, whatever holidays you celebrate with your family and the people close to you. Thanks for staying with us here at the Workers' Mic in 2023. But thank, thank you to everyone on the staff, the engineers. They make the show run. That's exactly right. So Merry Christmas to everybody, to you and your families, and uh, we will be back with you next week here on the Workers' Mic at 720 WGN. The preceding episode of the Workers' Mic was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of the Workers' Mic, visit WGNRadio.com.